Fucking hell, your text is tiny. No, your eyes are small. <laughs> sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. Andrew. <laughs> what have you got to say for yourself, boy? I'm Andrew. Oh, fuck. Oh. How you doing? Well, after you've heard the 10 seconds of the 20 minutes of bullshit that happens to try and generate a call <laughs> open for this episode. No, I heard your answer. You're doing, doing well. I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Fuck me. I'm definitely not chained to a chair, handcuffed, and doing this at gunpoint right now. <laughs> Oh, should we just kick it in with the news? I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this shit over and done with. Yeah, let's fucking do it, I guess, or whatever. So we're all we're all looking forward to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's last ever for realsies, this time last ever movie coming out. Definitely the last movie he's ever doing coming out, yes. Yep. Uh, Headline this week, Quentin Tarantino hints at Kill Bill 3. Interesting. Me and Uma have been talking. Surprised that they've been talking at all, considering... Tarantino, are you done? (laughs) Well, me and Uma have been talking. Then let go of my feet. (laughs) Good shit. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, there there was weird shit about... Tarantino forcing Uma Thurman to drive really quickly for some driving sequence and then they crashed and then she got whiplash and I'm surprised they're talking at all but um, apparently they're talking about it uh, but he's been talking about how they might be doing it for f- fucking years I'd be interested in seeing perhaps Kill Bill 2 before I go on <laughs> before you go watched on it, Kill didn't Bill you? 3. I don't remember I don't think I've ever actually gone through and watched them um, Kill Bill oh I thought you watched them both but you maybe fell asleep in the middle one of the second one, or something like that. No, I totally have seen the second one. No, yeah. I have seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We um, did it on this episode. On this <laughs> podcast. Oh, man. This um, one extended episode that we're up to part 56 I, of. <laughs> 46 of. Imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> what word did you just say? I was copying. I learned it from you. What did I you say? I learned it from you. I said 46. Oh. Did I say that? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry, man. I'm going nuts. <laughs> How about you go on 56. the... 56. Did I say 46? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we, we have it on tape, bro. Sorry. Jesus. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I thought, you know what? I'm, he knows he did. He knows what he did. I'm going to throw in a sly little reference to it. Feels good getting dementia at 25. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Really. What are we talking about? Yeah. Um. So Comic-Con happened this week, and with it, a lot of shit has been announced, right. including the... 15 Marvel movies. Yep! The most, amazing of, the most amazing of this news, I think, is that we're not going to get another Marvel movie until about March of 2020. So we almost get a whole year. We almost get a whole nine months. So if we pop a bun in that old oven now, boy, little Andy Jr. will be able to pop out to the sweet sound of a new Marvel movie. Uh, I can think of nothing worse than my <laughs> child. We've had a whole bunch new of new films announced, including uh, The Eternals, which I don't... I don't know, it's, they really must be scraping the bottom Slice of their sea Slice career is really um, fucking taking a nosedive. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like a reasonably good cast, because starring in The Eternals is Richard Madden of Game of Thrones, Rob Stark <laughs> fame, uh, oh, Angelina right. Jolie, Kim, uh, Kamel Nanjiani, and a few other people who we've never heard of. 
Um, okay. That's exciting. Camille Langiani, excited he's going to sh- from strength to strength. See how that goes. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings comes out in 2021. We're getting a Black Widow movie, the first ever like standalone Black Widow movie starring Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, and Florence Pugh. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson playing a black actress playing Black Widow. <laughs> playing a tree in this one, apparently. <laughs> um, That's the same. Those are the same thing. <laughs> That's the same as a dog or a person Black people of a are different trees descent. now. Fuck me. Uh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson... I don't cancelled. know. I feel like she needs a new agent. Fucking um, cancelled. A fourth Thor movie is on the way. Um, there's definitely <laughs> something there. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, a Thorth. Fourth Thor. Fourth, fourth, a th- Thor. A Thor. How's Thorth? A Thorth. Fourth. I think I Thorth, Thorth is best. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a Thorth. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, with a Thorth. Starring Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> 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 Woo! Starring, Podcast over, baby. Whoa, starring Chris... <laughs> Hemsworth. Christopher Hemsworth <laughs> and Tessa Thompson. So they're coming straight off Man in Black and getting ah, straight Tessa back Thompson. into this. <laughs> 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 um, it's called. It's called fuck Thor, <laughs> Love and Thunder, and it's <laughs> it's coming out in November twenty twenty one. Taika Waititi is going to be writing and directing it. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. That's my last one. And Thaddeley Thortman has confirmed that she will be starring in it. Which, yeah, um, isn't Natalie Portman Thor now? Sorry, who? Yeah, <laughs> Natalie Portman is Thor now. Yeah. Um, no, imagine, imagine if Natalie Portman <laughs> was Thor. Oh, that's real. Imagine we, if incels were angry about uh, Natalie Portman being we, Thor. Oh, oh, that's also real. Are we doing us now? Is that? Um, yeah, I'm me and you're you. <laughs> No, I'm you. Oh, I've got news. Oh. So I've got. I'm just going to read straight from Variety here because this isn't something I understand. Uh, Natalie Portman portrayed <laughs> Jane Foster. What is news? <laughs> she portrayed Jane Foster in the first two Thor movies. Right. She didn't come back for the third one, and I think they must have like reused footage or whatever for Avengers because there's this whole fucking thing where Natalie Portman's like, oh, I wasn't really into all that Marvel shit. Um, so it's weird that she's coming back for this fourth one. Um, we will give you twenty. Million dollars for like <laughs> four minutes of screen time. She's like, oh yeah, I like oh, Marvel. No, now that you say so. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, sorry. When enough money is involved, I like anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so apparently, this character in the comic books, Natalie Portman, is an, rocks is an astrophysicist. She becomes Thor's GF, um, and then she becomes worthy free, of yes. the hammer and adopts the title of Thor, goddess of thunder. So she's like Lady Thor. Right. So she's something. not actually replacing. Or supplanting or anything the character of no it, it's um I think the character is so they're called still a dude Thor. <laughs> thank God for that Thor's still a dude but they're still gonna have a black lady called 007 in the film ah, just <laughs> um apparently the character is called Mighty Thor and it's yeah it's been part of the comic books for at least a few years that sucks now. um yeah well it all, it all kind of sucks yeah. so we'll see how it goes are you doing me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing you, psych. Imagine if I hated comic book movies. I feel so honoured. Yeah. Um, It's it's so good. (laughs) Another one of these Marvel movies that's been announced is a new Blade movie starring Mahershala Ali. Fuck. Damn Um, it. It's only a Blade movie if it stars Wesley Snipes. Do you see all that shit about him calling uh, Ryan Reynolds a cracker on set? (laughs) 
Apparently, he never referred to Ryan Reynolds by name on the set. He would only say, tell that cracker to get his lines right or whatever. Like, he would exclusively refer to Ryan Reynolds by that cracker. That rocks. And never to him. He would always, like, tell AIDS or whatever. (laughs) Fuck, that's funny. Oh, you mean, like, assistance, right? Yeah. It's like, well, it's it's all well and good to be throwing around the cracker bomb, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, he would never talk directly to him and always refer to him as a racial slur. <laughs> well, yeah, so the, this is a, a reboot of the Wesley, Wesley Snipes ones. Okay, um, interesting. I love Mahesh Lali. Yeah, well, me too, but I am looking now at the, the headshot they've chosen for this, which is him on the red carpet. In Look at that, holding his yeah, Oscar. He's, <laughs> I've seen him wearing this fit Granddad before. prescription aviators and a black... Nipple beanie. Yeah. So like holding one of those Oscar. one of those little condom receptacle beanies that sits only on the top of your head and is like loose at all points. Motherfucker looks clear like aviators, yeah. Looks like if someone had to bring the cartoon form of an eighty year old condom to life. With a buttoned up shirt <laughs> with no tie. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um so they've they've also confirmed I go inside people. Uh, they've also confirmed uh, Black Panther two, Guardians of the Galaxy three, great, Fantastic great, Four. Great. Captain Marvel 2 and Mutants aka X-Men so there's some sort of new X-Men movie sorry right. I think you're, you're accidentally no um, I'm accidentally yeah, eating my microphone yeah. now that's <laughs> I'm excited for all of that there's a whole bunch of TV shows as well that are going to be popping up on this Disney streaming service including Great. a Falcon and the Winter Soldier spin-off TV show a show called WandaVision Falcon uh, and the Winter Soldier wa- yeah so uh, Winter Soldier is the Bucky Dude with the robot arm from Captain America. Oh, and yeah. And Falcon fine. is the black guy with the robot wings. I don't know. They're fine. Whatever. Yeah, they're and then fine. Hawkeye, because apparently Hawkeye needs his own thing and they wouldn't give him a movie. Sure. Yeah. Is Jeremy Renner playing him? That would be hilarious if he wasn't. I can only assume <laughs> that he is. Uh, <laughs> not to be outdone by Netflix uh, and their new Witcher series right. has been announced. Yes. Marvel Studios has announced their first animated series called The Watcher. <laughs> I don't know anything really? about it other than the fact that um, it's called What If and it starts Jeffrey Wright who oh, I is I can't wait for The Watcher. Um, Bernard the, from the, the, what, the Watcher. The Watcher. The Watcher. What, what the if The Watcher. Hey Watcher. What, what if it's just the Witcher, but and everyone the has British a slightly version. fucked the accent. Watcher. The Watcher, <laughs> yeah, but with like a, f- a completely fucked accent. They do it. They do it all completely. Honestly, uh, fuck. They they get a thousand slave monkeys to rotoscope over every frame of the Netflix one, release it as a parody, God. and call it The Watcher. That would win me over <laughs> a lot. Oh. Fucking hell! They've apparently the also Witcher. the The Witcher, <laughs> The Witcher. That's the New Zealand one. <laughs> I, I always been like, what about the the Watcher? But I thought, oh, the Watcher's literally the one we're already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about the Witcher? <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, Endgame has officially this week crossed the... Most profitable movie Most ever. profitable movie ever line. Put a bullet in my head. <laughs> uh, James Cameron posted his fucking thing, and the, the Russo brothers posted their fucking tribute thing, and yeah. whatever. It made James Cameron was like, well... I used to be the worst thing that happened to Bond and <laughs> but... I found some article during the week that was talking about how Disney's been doing pretty well with all these live-action movies, and it's like, in the last six months, they've made, like, a bajillion dollars from the following movies, and it was like, Dumbo, 
The Lion King, Aladdin, yeah. and Avengers Endgame. Like, right, well... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avengers Endgame is clearly the one that's made, like, three billion fucking yeah, dollars fuck there. fuck me. Aladdin's almost made a billion dollars as well, then, man. It's fucking absurd. Really? Oh, I thought it's people... It's, like, eight, okay, 800 so million dollars. Aladdin did well, but weren't people talking about how the last two, uh, like, not... Dumbo didn't do that well. Dumbo, okay, I'm thinking... I was waiting for a Lion King stuff, but yeah, okay. No, yeah. well, I mean, Lion King's only just come out, so, I mean, I feel like you need a few weeks for it to sort of well, I hope see it how it's going. fucking falls on its tits. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it's probably worth mentioning during the week um, that one of the biggest trailers that came out that's been absolutely blowing up online is this new Cats live action <laughs> thing. Where um, listeners, if you I haven't are curious, seen a reaction this bad since the Sonic movie trailer, fuck man, go online, go on YouTube and just look get, up, get onto Twitter and look up yeah. Cats. <laughs> look, look just, up so just literally Cats. Live ac- <laughs> it's a live action movie adaptation of the Andrew Lloyd Webber Cats Broadway musical. Um, Looks absolutely fucked for a start. This it looks th- like someone's done a poor deep fake nice. of the actors. A poor deep fake because it's cats and cats have paws. Nice one. They've done a poor deep fake where they've deep faked, but it's cats. Thanks for joining instead us of humans. Week on Beef Station. Because if you want humans have us, hands, whereas cats have paws. The feline Facebook.com. The, the feline beef The feline phenotype. I've been Oscar. Displays a different type of pentadactyl limb, oh, which we going. usually <laughs> use as a as a paw. <laughs> yes. And the, the trailer is completely fucked. Um, have you watched it yet? No, I haven't yet. Do no. a live viewing. Oh, yeah, fuck. let's fucking live. We let's do no, it. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do, do it. No. Do it. Pull it up. We are going to cats.com. <laughs> it is. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it's it's no. it's unformatted text of cats no. and, and, and rest in peace, Grumpy Cat with <laughs> with a Grumpy Cat name. That's no laughing matter. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Wow. Cats.com. I wonder how much that fucking costs them to <laughs> keep away from the musical. <laughs> <laughs> the musical cats is like. Fucking cat! <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> okay, we're now watching the cat's trailer. All right, so four seconds <laughs> in. That's absurd. It's like cat body with perfectly sculpted eye. My god. Yep. I don't know if this is good it's, listening. It's like humans were wearing morph suits and then also cat ears. Oh my god! But they, that was a cat wearing a fur coat. Okay, so Judy uh, Dench looks ridiculous. Have you seen the original Jumanji? No. Uh, yes. Okay, so you know when the little kid is transforming into the monkey and he has like monkey fur over his face. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up a picture so you can side by side. These look absolutely fucked, dude. Yeah. Fun fact: they don't have genitals or anuses. You see shots I mean, of I've them already... like flipping around. Oh, yeah, oh. See what, yeah. No, you see what I mean? Yeah, we just had one where there's this pivoting shot of a cat. I mean, it would be way more weird if they animated <laughs> like Judy fully Dench's vagina. Anuses, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are you putting white spots down there? Don't worry, Judy. Just wear the suit <laughs> yeah. and shut up. Um, fucking. So here are the people in this fucking cats movie: Taylor Swift, James Corden, Idris Elba, Judy Dench, Ian McKellen. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson still plays the character that's fat, and that's funny, by the way. Yeah, why the fuck? That's Rebel Wilson, and Jesus. James Corden is uh, still an unfunny shithead, even <laughs> in cat form. So. That's hilarious. This is like the first movie that Taylor Swift is in, then, I suppose. Maybe. Fuck. From the director of Les Mis and The King's Speech. I wonder if this is going to be a yeah. harsh wake-up call. Jesus, look at James Corden. Yeah. Holy fuck. Fuck. Like I said, it's still an unfunny shit. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Right. I think that's enough of that trailer. Go watch the Cats trailer if you want, dear listener. 
I can't believe it's a real movie. Unbelievable. I thought. I think if you had sent that trailer back in time to us six months ago, we would have thought it was some sort of high quality deep fake internet meme that was sent to mess with people. The fact that it's real <laughs> is absurd. As I said last week, we live in hell. <laughs> Parodies cease to exist because everything is a parody of itself. Yeah, it was like last intended week. You, to make money. You can't tell what's news and what's not. Seriously, they all look like Peter Monkey from Jumanji. <laughs> they do. Google Jumanji Peter <laughs> Monkey, and they look exactly like the cats. And this film is from 1996 and was done with practical effects. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, th- that's they, the thing. They would have this would have looked better if everyone was just wearing cat suits. They fucked it. It's ridiculous. Well, I think they were, but like, oh, you mean like the furry style cat suits where they're like thick, thick arms and I legs just mean and practical stuff? effects. Yeah. It would have looked better if it was all practical effects. Hold on, give me a sec. And I feel like the the set. Is also all CGI. Like it's, it feels, it has that real. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some aspect of the production had to do with um, the Alice in Wonderland films, the recent Disney Alice in Wonderland films, because I feel yeah. like they had an extremely similar like tone to the mise en scène, and right, and all of the production assets and that type of shit. It had that same sort of like surrealist, clearly not a real world thing, but intended to look as convincing as possible in that fantastical world. Right, well, if they're trying to go for convincing, this looks absolutely If you ignore all of the cats (laughs) in the film... Cats? Cats. Right. It looks like a Tim Burton film that came out 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Well, if Tim Burton was just going to design some sort of VR experience, you could go through and delete all the cats from that movie and it'd be great. Yeah. But until then, no. Um, Helena Bonham Catter. Cat, good shit. I um, I might have. <laughs> I don't want to surprise you, dear listener. Gotten a few of my facts a bit. <laughs> a bit Here we confused. go. Finally, on Beef Station, we have a correction. A first correction. A correction from earlier on in this news segment. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Um. Uh, Tarantino has said that his tenth film will be his last. He's looking at right, and so well, that's Hollywood, not the same fucking thing, is it? This new one coming out now, the one this is, is his ninth film, right? And so his <laughs> his tenth film, correct? It's a, his ninth. It's a bit of speculation as to what it's going to be. Um, he has talked before about how he has an idea <laughs> well, for a Star Trek, Kill Bill Three, isn't it? Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. Or so that, or he's been talking about how he's been writing this idea for a Star Trek story. Um, <laughs> they're now working on it further with. Uh, Revenant writer Mark Smith doing the screenplay for it. So he's written the story for it. He had a pretty easy job, didn't he? (laughs) Bear attacks man, man survives, man crawls, two hours end. Yeah. Yeah, right. Is there any dialogue in this film? (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. (laughs) Give me 20 minutes, I'll be back. That's my son. He's been Great. very he's been very tight lipped about it, only revealing that the film would effectively be like pulp fiction but in space and that it would be an uh, carry an R rating. So an R rated fucking Star Trek pulp fiction what in space. What the fuck is going on? Okay. I Quentin ca- Tarantino's writing Star Trek now. I can't fucking imagine <laughs> that. I can't imagine that whoever owns the Star Trek IP is ever gonna let that shit anywhere near Tarantino. Yeah. I suppose like, they can write a script all they want. If you like, ima- yeah, exactly. If you yeah. imagine like the tone of Pulp Fiction and then you imagine putting that on the fucking Enterprise. Like that's <laughs> fucking funny. What was that movie with um Snape? Harry Potter. Mm, yep. Guy who played Snape. Love Snape. actually. He's now passed away. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Space movie with Alan Rickman. There are people screaming at home. Die hard. I fucking hate you. 
This we should watch it. It was like Space Quest or something. Star Wars? It was Alan Rickman in Star Wars. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. It came out in 1999. Alan Rickman was in Galaxy Quest? Yeah, he was one of the main characters. Right. Yeah, it feels like Galaxy Quest is like one of the closest things I can think of to what like fucking Tarantino in <laughs> Star Trek would be like. Where it's that sort of like absolute tone of levity about yeah. the environment that you find yourself in, but then characters sort of take themselves seriously. Like, I- I'm into it, but I just don't feel like there's ever been a Star Wars thing that did that, really. Because Star Wars is... Like, have you seen any of the recent Star Wars films? Are you joking? St- <laughs> Sorry. Every time I've said Star Wars this episode, <laughs> I meant Star Trek. Fuck. Have you seen any of the recent Star Trek films? Oh, like one or two. I think I've seen the one with Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Right. And that's it. Not really. Not not enthusiastic. The ones with that Simon Pegg had a fairly heavy hand in. A little bit. They're yeah. good movies, but they're, they're, they have the exact same tone as Marvel films. Yeah. Where, like, they're trying to appeal to everybody. Um, they really never broach any kind of, like, social taboo or anything like that and it feels completely like a 180 to what Tarantino would want to achieve yeah. so I can't see them really signing on to do any of that shit <laughs> so on that note but I'm into it about like the, getting the correct tone for a, a Star Trek mo- a Star Trek movie yeah <laughs> Simon Pegg apparently um, did an interview for whatever project he had recently where because he's been involved with Star Trek stuff so they sort of asked him like oh what do you reckon he, about he wrote the last one didn't he I, if he did then I didn't realise I'm pretty but, sure right so um, they asked like Simon Pegg like oh what do you reckon about this like Tarantino um, doing a Star <laughs> yeah. Trek thing and he said um uh, Tarantino has an acute understanding of the story and he'd never do anything to tear it down it's not going to be like Pulp Fiction in space or anything <laughs> and um, then the, the, the quote tar- was like, it's fucking Pulp Fiction in space, baby, with alien feet. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so Simon Pegg giving Tarantino all the credit being like, no, no, he's going to do it nicely. It's not going to be fucking Pulp Fiction in space. Tarantino, I, mean, I don't think he'd do anything in ridiculous. In an interview like recently for the, um, for the uh, Charles Manson movie, said, Simon Pegg doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yes, it is. If I do it, that's exactly what it'll right, be. So he, it'll be Pulp Fiction in space. That Pulp fiction aspect, when I read the script, I felt I have never read a science fiction film that has this shit in it ever. There's no science fiction movie that has this in it. And when they said, I know, that's why we want to make it. It's at the very least unique in that regard. <laughs> Shit! It's like so he not only like not only <laughs> negated what he said, but directly addressed and responded <laughs> to yeah. that quote. Yeah, yeah. like you know what, bro? You should have press release. Fucking yes, it fucking will be that. It'll be exactly <laughs> that. That's exactly what it'll fucking be. It'll be fucking Pulp Fiction in fucking space if that's what I say it's gonna be. And then he said the N word ten times. Yeah. That was me saying the end of it. That's all I got for the news. Imagine. This week. Imagine saying the end word. Right. So moving on to the next segment. Let's see if this makes the cut. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a rate my meat. Where, of course, every now and then, <laughs> I don't want to commit too heavily to each week. Every now and then, Andrew and I uh, stand up, flop out on the table, a big old slab of meat. On which is written a review sourced from either Letterboxd or Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes. 
And I'm going to read out the review. I might censor the names of the uh, director or movies or whatever they mentioned in the review. And Andrew's got to try and Andrew's got to try and guess what movie it is that these weird reviews I've managed to find might refer to. Generally um, opinionated people. Generally, very strong opinions, very firm beliefs these people have. <laughs> um, and I'm going to try and find films that uh, both of us have probably seen or at least heard of. Yeah. Okay. So here's the first one. Um, I'm going to read through a whole lightning round of little little reviews I got for this film. How's this? Yeah. All right. This film's pretty good if you like long, pointless conversations and edgy scenes about drug use. Make sure to get a poster of this shitty movie and put it up in your dorm so everyone knows just how much of a cine bro you are. Half a star. I think I know what it is. <laughs> Don't trust a college guy whose favorite movie is this, especially Harvard guys. Half okay. a star. Harvard guys? Does Harvard guys relate to Not the really, movie? No. Okay. This is like watching a smug child eat his dessert before his dinner, except every time you try to stop him, he says the N-word. <laughs> now I have a suspicion about what it might be. Wow. Relating director. directly to the did last you, news story. Did you write this whole movie just to say the N-word? Half a star of this movie shouldn't exist. Jeez. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino wrote, wrote himself into this movie just so he could say the N-word 50 times, and we just let him half a star. Got a suspicion what the movie is now. <laughs> oh, you've seen Toy Story, have you? Yeah. Yeah, I have. And his, his, his deleted scene in it. Pulp Fiction. They had to cut. That was Pulp Fiction. For a reason. <laughs> or a few reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we'll do a quick little beefness or pleasure. I don't know how much of the previous <laughs> oh, segment shit. survived the cutting room floor. Yeah, we'll see. Um, probably mostly There were none. two. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to listen. I, th- I think Andrew literally... I think Andrew and I literally had a 10-minute discussion about the use of the N-word that is absolutely being cut from the final edit. Consensus? <laughs> Not cool. We're Not good. It. We've decided after 10 minutes the beef station is going <laughs> to come at us. We did it. We solved it. <laughs> Pro, anti, Anti-N-word. Uh, uh, oh, also God. getting cut. <laughs> Oscar's cancelled. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm surprised it's taken 56 episodes for it to happen, True. if I'm honest. Uh, Quick little beef for some pleasure because during the last couple of weeks I've been absolutely slamming um, Stranger mate. Things. <laughs> I've uh, gotten all the way through Stranger Things season three. Very impressive. Thank you very much. Well, that's the thing. The first couple episodes, I, 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 you haven't finished it yet, have you? I've seen two episodes. Okay, so we'll I keep think it I've seen one. Okay, well, so we'll keep it spoiler free. Um, essentially, I didn't really like the first episode or two because it really did feel like a, a wet hot summer John Hughes fucking bullshit romancy teen drama um, and it felt kind of the first episode awful I, I didn't hate it it felt like they were taking the 80s nostalgia and sort of playing it to the fact that it was almost cheesy yeah um, awful and I didn't really every character was either like uh 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 Gamer girl being lusted after, or a hot boy lasting after a gamer girl. Yeah, no bueno. Everyone um, was a fucking like failed romantic. Uh, right. So I'm here to say her. though that after the first episode or two, where it seems like they go a little bit strong on that, after the first episode or two, I sincerely think the rest of the season is uh, back to normal, same good old Stranger Things you know and love. I really think it's worth sticking with. I've also um, heard that after a few episodes, it sort of kicks itself in the ass and yeah. gets into the storytelling. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that maybe the first couple of episodes are maybe just like a bit of essential setup for the character motivations and that kind of thing that perhaps could have been done better. But no, right. I, I, th- I still think that my favorite episode, my favorite season is probably either season one or season two. 
I'd probably err on the side of saying I, re- I really like season two. Um, right. But they still do a good job in this season of having another season, introducing a brand new story, introducing brand new characters, and having it all feel very believable. My uh, Hawk plays Robin in this new season, which is set in the summer of 1985 or 86 or something, and Steve Harrington has a job at an ice cream parlor at the new mall that's opened up in Hawkins, and Maya Robin is like his his workmate that he uh, slings the scoops with as Scoops Ahoy. Nice. Um, it's great. You get a lot more um, Steve Harrington slash Dustin uh, father-son action, which is brilliant. Um, all the other characters, I think, are very good. I think the people have said that a lot of the characters... Um, like Hopper feels like he's a slightly different character throughout the rest of the season. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't really mind it that yeah, much. Hopper lost his touch, man. No, I mean, bueno. I, cause as having seen the whole season, I didn't really mind it considering the greater context of the season. And so sure. the shit he's going through, he's struggling to be a new dad. And I feel like his reactions that he has to like the teen romance and shit that's happening in his, his kid's bedroom is allowed to be a bit different and a bit freaked out from how he normally reacts to shit, if only because he's so new and he's usually a, a bit different, such yeah. a non-sensitive kind of guy. But and it was such a fucking himself. 180. Yeah, well, now he has to find himself be sensitive. I feel like, I don't know, perhaps he's played as a bit clueless when he doesn't necessarily yeah, need that was to the be. problem. He was always extremely quiet, but very perceptive and very I responsive. I feel like maybe he's very perceptive with the police work, but not necessarily no, when it comes well. to like teenage girls, all of his and he, romance he was, and stuff. Like he was taking care of her for months in the last season. Yeah, but and he never was, with this like boys and shit. No, but he was just angry. Like that was his entire way of parenting. His it, entire way of parenting was maladaptive and bad. Yeah, it pays anger. off. It pays off a bit later, and I think it's worth. I think it's worth sticking yeah. with. My point. I think Stranger Things. If you sort of watched the first couple episodes and lost interest, I think it's worth sticking with. If it continued at its current clip. I would say it's not worth watching. So thank thank Christ it picks up because they've fucked it on the first step. Yeah. And it's also the lowest rated of any of the episodes in this season. Yeah, right. Which I am looking forward to never having to watch again. Which character in Stranger Things would you fuck, marry, and kill? Boys only. Like all... <laughs> um, all right. So towards the top of the list... Yeah. Steve Harrington. Okay. We're yep. going to have to pick a trio, Go on, right? actors, yeah. Okay. So, we're going to have to go with Steve, Steve Harrington, portrayed by Joe Keery. Yeah. Um, Billy is a pretty pretty good-looking young man. Boy. That's Dacca Montgomery, I think. Yep. Um, and, of course, Hopper. Right. I think I've given myself a slam dunk here, <laughs> because I would probably... God, this is hard. I'll give my no, answer. No, it's Sophie's you, choice. All right. Okay, go for it. I would. Are you going to go with the three I just picked? Yes. I'd marry Steve Harrington. Yep. I'd fuck Billy. Yep. And I'd kill Hopper. You'd kill Hopper? I would kill but Hopper. But he's such a sweetheart. He's had I a nice life. I deliberately picked Hopper as the third one, thinking, oh, obviously I'd marry Hopper, but I want to marry Steve. Now, see, I get you, but I would <sighs> I'd make the hard choice and I'd marry Steve. And Steve would understand. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have to go the same. Yeah, I really I think that's the right choice. I really don't want to have to kill a hop, but but he would get it, right? Steve has incredible hair, just inhuman. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm looking at a photo of him. Yeah, even in real life. Yeah, even when he's just. Like, I think that's just Joe Keery's hair, man. Like, uh, obviously, they do some work on it, but like, he's got some black magic shit going on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Dude looks like a member of this Wham. Fucking guy. 
Yeah, right. No, so I think it's worth sticking with. Uh, something else I've gotten in on recently uh, on, uh, again, guest of the show Zach's recommendation is a Netflix series called Dark. Oh, yeah. There's so much shit on Netflix, so I feel like it's always helpful when someone What's gives dark me a recommendation. Dunkel. Um, <laughs> Fuck, I know why they called it Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound funny? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you finish choking yes. The fact that you didn't know it sounded funny Is funnier than how funny it sounds <laughs> Fuck it's a funny word <laughs> One more time Dunkel Dunkel <laughs> So a word that sounds like a marble Dropping through a plinko board Doesn't sound funny to you Yeah that's why they call it dark um, Yeah It's a more like dork <laughs> on the paper. It's on the paper. On the pa- on the <laughs> paper. On the paper. On the paper. It is sounding very similar on the paper. On paper, <laughs> it sounds very similar to Stranger Things. It's set in a small town, this time in Germany. Um, a little kid goes missing. Stranger things. Stranger things. Um, I think. Stranger Things in my terrible ass German is seltsame Dinge. Fuck. What a silly fucking language. <laughs> which just <laughs> which might mean unusual things, but <laughs> oh, have you seen season 3 of unusual things? Fuck, that's very good. Dinge is things. <laughs> I did not like the first the first episode where the really th- thing is ding. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> this is our new podcast. Christ. Christ. Who invented this language? Uh, Do don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, on paper, it sounds very what similar. What if the word that you Fuck. use when you can't think of anything is the same word that you would use to describe the sound that a bell makes? Good language. I think that in German, they say the bell makes a clang. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have that problem. <laughs> this is an old favorite character <laughs> in fucking Breaking Bad. It's called <laughs> Senor Clang Clang. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is an old favorite. You know what they call us? This is this is real. The German word for submarine is Unterwasserboot. Yeah. That's good shit. Deep cut. Deep cut. Yeah. Deep boat. What would deep boat be? Deep and boat. Teeth boat. Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a different word in English. Good shit. No, it's just feet backwards. I'm messing with you. I reckon that's three from five cut. <laughs> 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 Essentially, it sounds very, it sounds very similar to uh, Stranger Things on paper. It's kind of set in the modern day. It's kind of got a bit of eighties throwback stuff in it as well. Kid goes missing in a small German town. It's even got the whole fucking like weird science base in the background. It kind of, it kind of so feels quite like, similar. Yeah. Do you know it, if it started before or after? No, nah, no idea. It doesn't really have as much of a supernatural element. It feels more like one of those European crime drama, crimey kind of things. Okay. There's a lot, a lot of the stuff I've watched at the moment is sort of focused on this police work stuff. I think it sort of gets weirder and weirder as you go. It's so another one of those shows, and I think this is a good rule of thumb for all TV shows. Always wipe front to back. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
always watch like <laughs> at least two episodes before concluding absolutely fuck this yeah, show. Yeah, never just watch the first one because yeah, the first right. one's often a pilot. Yeah, often a pilot or in the case of Stranger Things, as an exa- pulling an example out of this episode um, just to show what I'm talking about, often the first episode is just a lot of necessary clunk that they just have to get out of the way um, in order to actually set up the whole season. Like, I think that, like, Archer is an a- animated comedy spy show that we both love. And the first couple episodes of that are really just sort of setting up the tone of the show and all these in-jokes and things that you'd love later. But, but the first... I also, the first it takes you a watching, while to get yeah, used exactly. to the animation, yeah. Exactly. I think the first time watching that show, it took me a first couple... It took me a couple episodes to really get into it. I think similarly I know, with yeah. The, yeah. Similarly with this show, Dark, which is on Netflix, highly recommended so far, um... I'm only sort of two or three episodes in, and it's really sort of started to pick up the pace after episode two or three. Right. Right. Cool. That's all I've got this week. Mm-hmm. Did you watch anything this week, my dude, for beefness or pleasure? I did. I watched uh, The Nice Guys. Oh, shit. I might have mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think that The Nice Guys, man, might literally be my favorite ever comedy. Uh, it's uh, it's up there for me. It's so like, dumb. I this, love it. So okay, I thought this movie was like Step Brothers. I thought it was right. one of those dumb fucking Will Ferrell and John C. Riley style comedies, or like an Adam Sandler movie, or whatever. Right. It's named itself poorly because I feel like it's easy to lump into those kind of films, but it is absolutely not that. So it's directed by Shane Black, who. Listeners of this podcast would probably know best from directing the recent Predator yep. sequel. But he also did uh, the Iron Man movie, I think. Uh, Iron Man 3. Right. Yes. Uh, which was great. And so was the Predator movie. <laughs> so, uh, it is a cop... It is a, it is a comedy detective drama... It's Mostly a, it's, it's detective it's a, comedy. A sort of dark comedy set in the 70s yeah. in LA. Yes. And heavily set in 70s yeah. LA. Um, I feel like it's kind of a spoof of those complicated fucking detective stories that sort of unravel and get more and more and more and more complicated the more the story unwinds. In German, it's called Die Netten Jungs. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the nice boys. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it, it it yes it starts with this like kind of it's a very very classic mystery murder um thing that's established in an extremely no I'm just looking up funny German translations that's established in an extremely unconventional way um with like this weird opening sequence involving like a boy wandering out of his house and finding a crashed porn, porn star, star that's exactly the same as the porno mag he was just looking at. Anyway, so the thing that I realized was, okay, it's directed by Shane Black, fine, but the thing that actually made me watch it was that it has Ryan Gosling in it. Yeah, I I went a big Ryan Gosling binge recently. Ryan Gosling's never been in anything that's been really shit, right? Yeah. So I sort of thought, well, he wasn't going to be in a movie like, uh, like some Adam Sandler shit. So it made me kind of look twice at it. And it's got, yeah, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe as the kind of... Main two, yeah. Angry Rice, who was the main young woman from Ladies in Black, that Australian film about retail we that we harked back ago. fucking ages ago. Yeah, um, and it's great. It's so the, funny. It's so dumb, but in a really smart way. The closest touch point I have is Hot Fuzz. Um, 
Yeah. Which is one of the funniest movies I've ever, ever seen. I, I could have watched Hot Fuzz at least 10 to 15 times in my life. <laughs> and I, I reckon I would have laughed each one almost as hard as I laughed the first time I ever saw it. It just does something in my brain where it's this sense of self-awareness and irony that comes from, like writing a joke, then rewriting that joke to be a joke of itself, then rewriting that joke to be a joke of the joke of itself. And it just (laughs) is so fucking stupid by the end of it. Yeah. That it's one of these films where I'm looking at it going, how how did anyone write that? Right. And it's because like, (laughs) I'm, I'm wondering like there are, there are moments in this film. It's, it's uh, my, one of my favorite experiences ever when I'm watching a movie is thinking how the Fuck! Did this get approved? <laughs> considering the amount of money it must have cost to make, because yeah. it's so dumb that yeah. I love it. And that's—I felt—I'm pretty sure I said the same thing with Predator. That like it's so dumb, I just enjoyed it a yeah. lot. And it, it, this is exactly that, but a comedy instead of like an action movie, right? Yeah. It's written by—I—I I, I don't know if it was actually written by Shane Black. I think it was. It's written by Shane Black and Anthony Bugarotti. Uh, yeah, so Anthony Bugarotti, I, I, I remember looking into this, and I couldn't really find anything that he had done a whole lot of work on. That's fine. So, yeah, but the point is, like, not just the directing that's funny, like, the performances need to... If for, for a film to be as funny as I found this film, yeah. the performances need to be absolutely fucking spot on, which they were. Yeah. The writing needs to be spot on. The directing and editing needs to be spot on. All of it was there. And Russell Crowe is... I've never thought of Russell Crowe as particularly funny, but he's no, really good in this film. He plays extremely like a quite, understated, quite a good yes. straight man. He's quite subtle in the way yeah. he plays his acting. Yeah, yep. um, I feel like he's probably the most understated member of the whole cast. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, Shane Black and and, and Anthony Bugarotti, like Anthony Bugarotti, has basically nothing to his name except this movie. Right. So a really kind of I don't know, maybe breakout or who knows how much each one of them had yeah, in terms of the scripting, but a fucking funny script. So good. Uh, it's it's essentially like a gritty, dirty detective story in L.A. in the 70s. Um, like, Ryan Reynolds is this private uh-huh. detective. Why did I say Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. That's going to happen all the time. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds isn't in this movie. I'm, I'm getting with some pepper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Gosling is like a private detective. Uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe is like a... Like a, like a he's sort of like uh, beats people up to pay debts right. and stay away from this guy kind of thing. Like an enforcer type dude, but an ex-cop. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, um, they team up to find the to find a porno. No, G- Gosling's been tasked by an elderly woman to find her, her granddaughter. Granddaughter, and he's been like for look- looking for fucking lost cats and shit. So he's like, "No, I have to find this granddaughter." Yeah. And then the granddaughter might have been in a porn, and so then they have to track down this porn tape. It's and then they go to like. This like this clue to this clue to this clue to this clue that right. leads them to like a fucking house party where Earth, Wind, and Fire are singing, and there are mermaids in this giant fucking aquarium. And like, the storyline is not why you should watch this movie. It's the, it's a shaggy dog story. Yes. It's the stupidest fucking storyline. And line. they're aware of it. Where and like sometimes yeah. they will confront each other over how fucking dumb <laughs> the connections and the clues that they're making are. They give up multiple times because yeah. of how stupid everything is, yeah. and then like something will fall she in just their laps. Out. Like at one point, a character literally falls on their car <laughs> that they needed to find yeah like they give up and they go and sit in their car and then the character falls on their car because of some fucking 
stupid um, series of events yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever one of those machines, a Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> yeah. that ends up with this character's like <laughs> crushing their roof in and then yeah. getting out and being like, what the fuck? It's so stupid. It's so it's good. It's so funny. I feel like we can't... Gosling's a fucking star in this movie. If you... It, like, I've only really seen him in super like, serious mo- roles. Moody, dramatic roles where right. he just looks at the camera and says nothing. But for me, the fact that he can do this and then, like, Blade Runner 2049, yeah. I was... Uh, he's <laughs> he's up there for me now. He's, like, Gosling does a little of, like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fucking funny, man. Like, I don't know. He's just got this really golden on-screen presence where you can tell he's trying to take himself really seriously <laughs> the whole time, but doing a really good job of being, like, actually fucking really weak and bad at his it's job. Like watching one, it's like watching a model on the catwalk trip. And every time... To- oh, yes. Man. Yes, exactly. And he's trying to be this serious detective, but then yeah. fucking... <laughs> Is so bad at it. Oh, like, man. God, it's funny. It's so fucking funny. It plays around a lot with a lot of cliches from that genre of film, and yeah. that's what I really like. Um, is that it, it, it's it's like this film would be less funny if you hadn't watched a little bit of like even cop comedy. Like yeah. I feel like it was playing with some of the tropes of comedy movies that have made fun of this because it came out like 2016, so it's not uh, like it's pretty recent. It's pretty recent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's coming off the back of other films like Hot Fuzz um, and then one sort of, a f- or a few generations back coming off of proper yeah, proper detective cop films like even Die Hard or Chinatown or whatever. It like, feels like it's got several layers of irony on it. So like, many, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 heavily postmodern. Like, it's, <laughs> it's aware that it's a film. It's very, it embraces that wholeheartedly. And the characters joke about that in a way that is so fucking hysterical. It's the stupidest I can't, fucking movie uh, and, I've ever uh, seen. Like, it's hard to talk about this movie. I feel like we can't talk about, like, this movie's so funny because it's too long. I'm not going to do that thing where I no. quote lines, and I'm not going to try and explain why it's funny. But if you have the sense of humor that I have, this was exactly what you're looking <laughs> for in a comedy movie. <laughs> I laughed more at this movie than I have in a very long time. Yeah. Um, Christ, it was funny. Oh, Fucking God. hell, it's funny. Uh, I was Favorite so excited moment. when you told me you were watching Favorite it. moment is where Gosling needs to try and reveal that he knows a fact that will keep Russell Crowe <laughs> coming back. And Russell Crowe's starting to walk out of his house and Gosling like drops this thing that he knows to try and <laughs> stop him from walking out. But he's walked around a corner, so he doesn't know if he's left or not. So Gosling has to turn to his daughter and be like, did he stop? Dude. Yeah, as he turned Did around. he stop? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, it's funny. Like, having to... Doing that dramatic shit where normally a movie would just ignore that, but then acknowledging the character doesn't know the, if it, he's left or not. Fuck, it's funny. Nah, I think you've extrapolated too I much. Have to, I've done this, it. But this, that was um, my favorite moment. The 10-year-old daughter being the fucking, like, parent of the whole movie yep. was really and good. And constantly showing up. It's, <laughs> a, it's very, like... Oh, it actually... It, Oh, we'll get into this when we actually start talking about the movie that we watched this week. <laughs> but the there are a few characters in this film that similarly to the movie that we watched, which we still haven't revealed for no reason. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> um, there are a couple of characters that sort of skip around the narrative a fair bit and don't, like, uh, 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 are sort of above the narrative in that they just appear repeatedly in random yeah. places. Um, and the daughter is a little bit like that where she'll just keep showing up and he's like, I put you in a fucking taxi and sent you home and she's <laughs> still at the party or whatever. And it's just so that she can be a device at the party. Yeah. Like it's, but it's very fucking good. It's, it's, it's so funny. 
Uh, it's on Netflix. It's really clever. It's not like a dumb fucking Wolf. It's Island so it's so not like it. Yeah. I, I can't stand those fucking movies. Yeah. And this reviewed very, very middlingly. Like it it was not well received at all. Ah uh, no, fuck. But that. I think that it's my favorite I, I genuinely <laughs> think they just didn't get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I seriously think this is a very specific. I almost feel like Shane Black was making it for like. Dumb, sarcastic, mid twenty five millennials. <laughs> this resounded with me a lot. Like yeah. a fucking funny movie. So yeah, great. Well, I strongly I'm, recommend going in. I'm glad you dug it. Yeah. I think that's probably beefing us a pleasure for the week. That's that's uh, all I've got. Well and thrilly. I'm continuing on my plight of watching The Sopranos. I'm halfway through season four. How many out are of there? Six. Fuck, you're almost done, uh, bro. Not too bad. Yeah, almost done. You got two and a half seasons. I can to go. almost listen to a podcast without having to <laughs> frantically <laughs> juggle my phone while I'm trying to pause it because they're like, "It's like in season four of The Sopranos <laughs> when <laughs> Christopher Moltisanti," and I'm like, I'm so surpri- "I feel like The Sopranos is one of the most iconic TV endings of all time." And I would have thought that if there was I any- seriously, I, I feel like I'm gonna uh, and also like I'm gonna be four episodes off. Yeah, and someone's gonna be like, "Oh, it's like how The Sopranos ends." Yeah. And I'm just gonna murder that person. I'm looking forward to... I'm going to kill that person. I know how the Sopranos ends. I'm looking forward so, to you finding out. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to killing you. And I'm looking forward to having any context about... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's uh, I, I, I'm kind of astonished because I feel like I'm going to see the ending and be like, oh, right. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you ask me to say how it is, I can guess. Like I can say like, oh, maybe... Well, you maybe don't want to he, actually spoil it. But yeah. No, it's like, well, maybe he dies. Like maybe yeah. it's like Breaking Bad or whatever. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I've seen right. Breaking Bad. I've seen like I'm I'm just speculating at what might have made people mad. Yeah. Like so I don't I, I think I properly don't know, which is which is interesting. That's that's why yeah. to me. Apparently. Um, apparently this is like I think this is like not knowing how the sixth sense ends. I think I never paid any attention to it because I always thought before I realized what it was that The Sopranos was a show that was similar to like Neighbors. It's not a good name. Like it feels, ah, yeah. it, it, it it's actually a name that is very like soap opera ish. I suppose so. so. I don't know. I've never I always, thought about it. It's like I'm watching The Sopranos. It, I I always thought <laughs> it was one of those shit TV shows. Didn't it was spoiled it was for me about. in some dumb sitcom or something that right. I watched at some point. So right, like, right. I don't know, fucking uh, How I Met Your Mother or Robot Chicken or some weird fucking mm. out of context show like that. Like you said, the Soprano spoilers come out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they just assume <laughs> everyone el- ever has watched this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that, speaking of everyone ever having watched it. This is a legitimate threat that if anyone that listens to this show spoils <laughs> the Sopranos for me, I will, I will murder you. No, it's okay. No one emails us anywhere. Legitimately, <laughs> That's a service we offer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a one-time fee of spoiling The Sopranos <laughs> for me, I will kill you. <laughs> Get in first. That deal <laughs> will <fine>. go. <laughs> I can maybe do two in one day. But they're gonna catch if you got a mid-season that. six spoiler that you could <laughs> drop, maybe he'll stab you. I'll, t- I'll strangle you, but not to death. <laughs> Like that guy from In Excess. No, wait, no. Um, David, David Carradine. He actually <laughs> went the full way. <laughs> oh God. Um, maybe we should move on to the main event of this week's podcast. This week we watch coming-of-age comedy Booksmart, directed by Olivia Wilde. It is her directorial debut. I initially thought that it was also a film that she had written, and I was excited because it's one of those sort of, oh, written by, directed by, debut type S- things. Booksmart in German. Or Buchklug. Smart. 
<laughs> Book smart. Book smart. Book smart. Just like it's five percent accent. Yeah. Uh, is that? It doesn't sound English. Um, <laughs> so I initially thought that Olivia Wilde had written this. Turns out she hasn't. It's one of those fucking American comedies that's written by like sixteen different people. Oh, okay. And I think it kind of shows. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those. It's written. It's got. It's got four writing credits. And I read right. somewhere once that like if a film has four writing credits, it's because that's Bad. the maximum number, and it could be sixteen writing credits. Yeah. It's the and Chernobyl sixteen thing. people writing a movie never makes a good movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so straight out of the gate, this is it, it feels a lot more like a stereotypical dumb American comedy, I think, than Book Smart, which is than Nice Guys is what we were just talking about. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen many of those movies because I tend to avoid them. But I suppose it would feel like how I imagine like the end of the world felt, or like how like I don't know, Bad Neighbors felt, or whatever. Like, super bad is the super bad point of comparison that I saw this being drawn. Yeah. Um I didn't really like this as much as I liked Superbad, but I suppose that's a good comparison in terms of the kind of tone maybe that it's going for. Right. Essentially, it's two uh, nerd girls that are kind of dorks, uh, book smart young women that yeah. are graduating. It's, it's set around their sort of last week of high school ever. It stars uh, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever as Molly Davidson and Amy Ansler, so Molly and Amy. Yep. Uh, and it's about, so Molly is a neoliberal nerd <laughs> and Amy is a cool lesbian and it's about their last-ditch attempts to salvage their shitty teenhood by going to a party. Yeah. They're like, oh, they we never... They've we, never partied. We never partied when we were in high school. It's our last week of high school. Everyone thinks we're fucking nerds and all we care about is school. Yeah. Um, so if they... If they fail at that, they'll take the pain of that unknowing to their grave <laughs> and be forever haunted by what a pair of fucking losers that they were. Yeah. It's it's one of those movies that's all set around one crazy night. Yeah, it is but it but it does a better job of that than you would think. Uh, it's yeah. but it's an adventure it, it's not Project X. It's an ad- it's an adventure story. I think super. I, I think Superbad's a good comparison. It, yeah. it's, it's like it's one night, and it's literally the same plot. Like it's two um, pretty fucking close. Yeah, uh, yeah. two nerd girls uh, think that everyone thinks they're dorks, so they think if we rock up and we're really cool at this party, yeah. everyone will see that we're really cool, and we will graduate with our heads held high. I guess the points of difference are where Superbad is about like trying to get. Like two 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 teen dudes trying to get their fuck on. Yeah. This film is about one teen girl trying to get her fuck on, but she's lesbian. Yeah. And one teen girl trying to be trying to totally reinvent herself and be cool yeah. when she spent her entire schooling being not cool and liking that. Well, they have she has this like snobbish idea of like, yeah, well all these idiots that partied, like they're not gonna end up in good schools and then is like has yeah, this rude alert. awakening when she finds out all the cool kids that partied, they got into good schools. You can school. get into they colleges all, yeah. on yeah, sports scholarships. Well no, it's, no, it's like no, we you're not fucking smart, we're smart and we're and we're cool. Well it's every yeah. reason. It hurts yeah. on multiple angles because yeah. There's she, like there's like the whole someone gets in on a sports scholarship and then she's like, Well, at least this person didn't get in and they're like, I actually did get in. I actually did get in on this and it's because, like the hot girl yeah. who she thinks you're just the hot girl, she's like, No, I'm actually going to Harvard and I got a sixteen hundred yeah. my SATs or whatever. Um which is I'm that's I don't know, it's something that I think everyone can relate to to some degree as like people at high school that you sort of judge yeah unwarrantedly without some really of the smartest people them. i know still were like the drug kids 
yeah. in high school. And I was like, oh, you're not going to fucking go anywhere. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I did more drugs. That guy's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> but, they did, but they did drugs and they got to achieve stuff. And yeah, I, you wouldn't get to do LSD no, in high school. Ne- yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been on Ritalin for fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I've never been frustratedly unable to fuck <laughs> for fun before. <laughs> These kids did it and loved it. <laughs> so, yeah. it's it, it, You're right. It is... Uh, uh, Superbad is an extremely close comparison. Only, it's, it's mostly about these kids. It's got a pretty good rolling cast of sort of eight to ten... I'll call them extras, B-tier but like characters. sort of side characters that are their classmates. So you've got these like skater yeah. kids and you've got like the flamboyant drama kids and you've got like the hot chick who has like a slutty reputation despite never averaging because he's done anything. Um, and you've got all sorts of different like stereotype kind of high school characters that I feel like you have in a lot of these different things. And they're, they're, they're done very well. The only one that you miss that I think is important is like the rich weird kids. Oh yeah, right. There's yeah. that one as well. They're, they were really good. Which are actually so like the, yeah, some of the most important ones in the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of sort of outcasty type characters that I feel like all sort of relate to each other. Uh, a lot of the adults... I feel like- it's a way, that, and what the film is actually doing, which, again, is, like, one of the strengths that I feel like it has over Superbad. Because, um, yeah. like, I think it's almost more useful. Superbad is fairly well known, so I think it's almost useful to compare this film to what is it's similar to and see how it differs. Yeah. I think one thing that this film does differently to Superbad is that these B-O-T... B- B- these B-O-T characters... <laughs> uh, these B-tier characters kind of do a better job of representing the main characters like choices and their previous like decision points of decision where they're choosing to like they've chosen to bully that person for their sexual exploits so they've chosen to ostracize that person because they're weird and eccentric or they've chosen yeah. to do whatever so it's like all of that is kind of coming together in the form of them having to interact with these characters on this one night and kind of confront all of the choices that they've made. Yeah. And all of those characters feel a lot more fleshed out and interesting than any of the supporting cast did in Superbad, where it was definitely about... The three dudes. McLovin and the other two. Yeah. Just trying to get to this party and fuck and whatever. Yeah. And anyth- anyone else, like maybe the two cops... I definitely think that there is a... a Every scene in Superbad I think is very good and I think that a lot of the supporting cast are great. But I see what you mean in terms of like, this is all about the kids mostly. I couldn't tell you any of the supporting cast's names in Superbad. Well, I couldn't tell for this film either to be fair. But like, I, I mean like, <laughs> I feel like all of the 10, I'll make, I'll say 10, all of the 10 supporting kid characters in this film are brilliant yeah. and I don't, they're, fu- they're funny and they're fun to watch and I feel like it sort of, it flashes out the school community dynamic where you're like oh I kind of understand why everyone thinks he's a loser I kind right. of I, I kind of see where these these girls uh, I kind of see where these young women sit in this whole sort of community and I sort of understand why people might think they're losers and why they think they're fun or whatever yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the adults have in, in the film are brilliant actors in their own right that have cool cameos uh, Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow play like dorky parents and they do that very well um, the English teacher is Jessica Williams she oh fuck, I know her face from somewhere but I'm not quite sure I think she's been she does this two dope queens podcast which I know is oh shit the Daily Show she's a correspondent on the Daily Show oh I know her from Girls yeah um, yeah yeah okay so she's she's been in a whole bunch of stuff um, a lot of these actors 
that play the adults are brilliant. You're like, fuck, they, I'm, they, they, they I'm in a relationship with a white woman, so yes, I've seen a fair bit of girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they use like Lisa Kudrow for two scenes and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good shit. I don't know. I feel like it's one of these films. I don't know about you, but I feel like with these kinds of movies, it feels more like a collection of funny skits. Yeah. Funny sketches. Yes. And Superbad felt the same way. What if you went to a party and someone perioded on you? Yeah. Well, it's uh, like that film, that, that scene doesn't matter for the rest of the movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I think that's, it's often like a dumb American comedy trope is like, wouldn't it be funny if this dumb thing happened? Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if this dumb thing Sometimes happened? Sometimes it's done a lot worse. Like uh, Trainwreck, for instance, uh, Amy Schumer. Schumer. Amy Schumer. I always get her and Amy Pollock in <laughs> Amy Schumer film. Is yeah, a series of sketches that all are sort of fine, whatever in their own yeah. right, but are tied together because they all fit in the running time. Yeah. So the, yeah, th- this this film suffered from that a little bit. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that um, on that broad spectrum of films, I think Superbad for me worked a lot better. I think that maybe just the idea that it focused on these three characters and had them undergo a very clear story and had just three specific characters maybe be focused on for the whole film made me feel like there was more of a cohesive story where it felt like I wasn't just watching dumb nonsense happen for two hours. Right. But with this film, maybe its strength was it had so many cool, funny characters, but I think that there was also maybe a weakness in that there was like 15 fucking funny characters in this movie. And I feel like every scene was like, let's put six of these characters in a room together and see what happens. Right. And it didn't really feel very cohesive to me. Like the whole plot is really like the girls are trying to find where the cool party is. And along the way, they accidentally go to three different dumb parties and nothing really happens at each party other than the people say, Oh yeah, the address is this. And that's not, and the address they go to next is, oh, they lied to us. Right. And like, I don't know. I don't think you can really spoil the movie. Whatever. Who cares if you, Care about spoilers and fuck <laughs> off, but like, um, yeah. three times, like the girls are like, oh, well, well, no, we should give up. No, let's go, let's go, because we want to get to this party. Yeah, and you're like, fuck, I the get conflict it. between them, and like, yeah, spo- spoiler alert, there's conflict between yeah. the main characters. It feels a little bit point. manufactured, fucking so manufactured. Yeah, yeah, really, I, one of the weakest points of this film. And the film towards the end feels like it's trying to make you cry or well up or whatever about this friendship. Nah. And like I didn't really <laughs> no emotion, not really. Uh, you and I were Ever, talking I right after it. we came out of the movie about how maybe like younger women that watch the movie might identify with it a lot better. Right. Well, so we were talking about how like f- so this was off the back of all of us agreeing that sort of s- the the general scene to scene feeling of super bad was better. And I was just asking whether or not that's teenage. We dudes. felt that it was because at the time that we watched that film, we were teenage dudes. Whereas yeah. this is about teenage women, and so like maybe we don't associate with that as much. The old man in me already looks at like a lot of like <laughs> memes and shit on the internet that I personally just find annoying <laughs> rather than funny was, that I don't really understand. I'm looking at these memes <laughs> and they're uh, they're just annoying. Like, fuck I'm, man, I feel out of the loop. I'm 25. Slash, uh, slash uh, <laughs> out of the loop. <laughs> I'm 25 and I feel out of the loop. Yeah. Like get on so Twitter. Like, I feel like maybe. A lot of that's a lot of this movie is that like there's a lot of shit where like the interaction the sort of in jokes that these two uh, girls have between each other when they're sort of joking around in each other's bedrooms or whatever um, I just found annoying and I didn't really find it very funny and I sort of I, I, I got felt sense. forced but I wasn't really sure whether it would be entertaining or relatable to people younger than us I got a sense that the ascorbic 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 neither acerbic? of those acerbic acerbic yeah. <laughs> ascorbic. That the scurvy 
I get a sense that the Escherbic Gen Zers that watch this film would similarly sort of hate the interactions between the main characters because they feel like it feels like what the sense that I get when I'm watching a show like 30 rock where like all of the interaction feels extremely constructed and forced to me. None of it feels particularly natural. I I will say Molly as a character feels a hundred percent that way. Amy feels like 10% that way. So what, what way? What do you mean? In that, like, forced try, really trying super hard at all moments in time. Uh, but the writing's trying really hard? Both. Right. So I got that not only from the writing of that character, but also from the performance and the actual embodiment the of that character. So, and I feel like that was kind of that character's point, yeah. is that she was trying so fucking hard all the time, and everyone was like, man, we can tell. Like, stop fucking trying so hard. It doesn't... Yeah. That barely matters, but... With Amy's character, she's a lot more like uneasy and laid back, and that yeah. was much more relatable. It came across in spades in her performance. So honestly, maybe did you say Beanie was her name? Yeah, fucking. I don't know what okay. to say, man. Name's Beanie. Nope, that's, <laughs> that's fine. It's either that or episode fifty-six in Wikipedia has finally started to nope, bite us in the fine. ass. Yeah, Beanie Sanders. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe Beanie was doing a really, really good job in portraying this character and she would be completely different. I feel like she's also been in something else that I can't remember, but, um, yeah, I and I, I don't remember her being exactly the same, but yeah, her character was, I think intentionally very abrasive. Well, very unlikable as well. Unlikable, like, I, yes. I sort of, like, she was kind of like, yeah, she was judgmental and... Yeah, controlling. And she says she is controlling in the film. Yeah. So I just don't think it's that, hard like... To t- <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to tease apart what is what is her character and good writing yeah. and what is you being annoyed by the writing and the performance. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of, the, a lot of this character... So the main, I feel like Molly is the main character of the film and Amy is more like a side secondary character. Um, it pains me because I like Amy better, but yeah. if I had to agree... Molly, yeah. I think, is the, is the main character. And to have your main character be so unlikable and so annoying and so irritating, I feel like often when you have these sort of coming-of-age films where there's a quiet, misunderstood dork or nerd or whatever often it's like yeah Nork. people see them like this but you as the audience get this unique perspective into the <laughs> you you, <laughs> you as the audience get this unique perspective into their life and you understand why they're actually misunderstood but we get this yeah. perspective into their into her life and it's like sure she makes more jokes and she's a lot more comfortable and messes around a bit when she's with her family and friends but it's really she's still just annoying and she's just she's She's still just She's a vastly judgmental. less likable of the two characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I, I had to hang out with one of them, I'd infinitely prefer hanging out with Amy. Right. So I yeah. feel like, uh, to exaggerate it a bit, Molly feels like a Big Bang Theory exaggerated, like, look how annoying and judgmental these right. nerd girls are. And Amy is like, I can kind of understand why she's a bit of a social outcast. For one, she hangs out with fucking Molly. That's probably honestly a big one. Yeah, but <laughs> big two, red flag. Yeah, but two is like, oh, she's just kind of shy and socially awkward right. and she's gay. And so, like, those three things all together in a high school setting mean that you get, don't really gel well with the whole community, maybe. Yeah, no. And so, I, like, all those yes. are three, like, secu- three insecurities all together. I like, completely understand why she hasn't managed to make many friends and hasn't really managed to sort of gel very well. So, I feel like we've been... We, we haven't focused particularly hard on what the actual plot there is. There is no plot. Because it doesn't really matter. It's literally uh, we one don't want to spoil it. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I mean... We I don't think we want to spoil it because this film's like probably worth seeing. I don't think so. But like, meh. I think it's I think it's on the worth seeing side of the spectrum, but it's not 
worth putting in a lot of effort to go and see. But the reason is, yeah, because the plot is not the important part of this film. The important part is, like, the chemistry between the characters and then how that chemistry interacts with the supporting cast of characters. My personal favourite thing was uh, Gigi and Jared are the two... Rich weirdos. Rich weirdos that I mentioned before. And Gigi is the character that I mentioned before who keeps cropping up ethereally throughout this film, kind of breaking the narrative of the storyline. There's never any point to it. It's just like, oh, and also like they've they've spent 20 minutes traveling to the next party and Gigi got there in three seconds. How are you here? Oh my God. And that happens like four or five times. Yeah. So it's not clever really, but it is... It she does, impossibly pops up everywhere. It serves to make their... It, it does serve to give their journey a sort of surrealist tone. But what I then really enjoyed, less so than that, uh, and less so than uh, them being drugged non-consensually, was uh, Jared as a character. I liked when he got really real. Yeah, yeah, when he gets really real, you sort of have this moment of like pretty, pretty, pretty sincere empathy where he's just like... Yeah, I'm fucking rich, um, and I- I'm I'm sort of aware of the fact that my parents always tried to purchase my affection, and that's what I know how to do. I don't really I'm aware that 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 I'm aware of that, but I'm not aware of how to work outside yeah. of that. So that's kind of how I interact with people, and also I'm just waiting to try and slot into a group that I haven't found yet. That's what I'm hoping to get out of this next step of my life. I know that. I know I don't really fit in with anyone here, so I'm just biding my time, basically. Yeah. And it's well, this huge... Because the first time he appears on screen, <laughs> you're like, fuck this dude. And I feel like the film does a really good job. He's got, job. like, ch- bling chains and a fucking, like, uh, like muscle car with flames all over it. Yeah, he's out of touch in, like, every single way possible. And the kids are and all like, not endearing at his, all. His dad bought him a prostitute for his 14th birthday. Right, like. so you, on top of... Yeah, and it's it, it also does a good job of those, like, dumb really... Kid, dumb, really dumb kid rumors. Mean, mean rumors, especially sexualized rumors. Because, um, like, the idea of someone... Yeah, the idea of, like, someone having a sex worker... Like, their first interaction being a sex worker when they're 14 is, is, a, is a bit of a fucked up thing to put on a dude as well. Like imagine yeah. if, imagine if 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 it was a fourteen year old girl, and you were like, oh, she fucked a, a male stripper when she was fourteen. It's like that's a pretty that's a messed up weird dynamic. Well, I, I think anything like that is messed up when you're a, a kid anyway, because you can't. I don't know. It, it, everyone's had that. You can't argue with dumb rumors like that. And there's a bit later on yeah. where he's like, do people really think I slept with a prostitute? Right, and really? he treats it with yeah. like kind of like this sad disdain. Yeah, where he's like, I can't believe people actually think that I would do that type of thing. I think the problem with my movie, this my movie. I think the problem with this movie though is that just like if what the, would you have done differently? <laughs> is that just like if the main bit we get out of it is like the one heartfelt bit where they humanize the weird kid. I don't think it's done very good, a very good job. Like I think ultimately this film was trying to be a dumb romp, fun comedy. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, maybe it's just that it's not to my taste, and I don't normally watch these movies. And if I'd known that this was closer to like a bad neighbors kind of end of the worldy kind of dumb American movie comedy, I wouldn't have watched it. Right. But I just didn't really get very much out of it at all. It's been rated very highly. I have no idea why. I thought that this would be like an eighth grade style. Coming of age. That is also what I kind of think. Yeah. I, this literally completely blindsided me. I had no idea that it was going to be such like a run of the mill dumb comedy. Yeah, like the, the I'd heard comparisons to Superbad, but I didn't realize just how 
much you could sum up of this movie by drawing that comparison. And I, so and I, it's, yeah. it, it does feel very derivative of that. Yeah. But it innovates in a couple of really good ways. Number one, I think that the uh, like non-straight white dude representation is so much fucking better. I, I found Amy's storyline in this movie really compelling. It was really cool. Um, I, I thought her... Uh, we, we don't see her interaction coming out, but she's come out but never had any real sexual experience and I thought seeing her navigate that was really felt really authentic to me at least but also felt really normal I feel like it wasn't like a novelty like look at this yeah Yeah, right well I mean like yeah in addition to feeling really real I feel like it's depiction in the movie wasn't like look at this lesbian relationship no it It felt like a natural part of right and there were were points I'm, I'm actually kind of amazed at how much like as a stray dude I managed to empathize with things that she went through when yeah. she was navigating her sort of moments of intimacy. I suppose it so did a very good job at making like... It's just normal. A first-time lesbian encounter feel really relatable it's just normal. and human. Yeah. And normal. And it's right, like, yeah. wow, imagine. Imagine if imagine if lesbians were normal people, yeah, right? Yeah, because you don't normally get that in a big Hollywood movie. No, it feels like it should... isn't really, but whatever. Well, yeah, in, in a way it isn't, but in a way it is. So yeah. I, I thought it did a really good job of that. I thought it did a much better job with the supporting cast of characters... It didn't do as good a job with the writing no. because some of it was very overwritten yeah. and very saccharine. And I, the scenes yeah. where they're praising themselves and hyping themselves up, uh, that was what I, where I was most unsure of myself, where right. I, I was like, is this, would this be, this is very, very annoying to me, but would this be poorly received by people who are in the demographic that they are? Well, so this film was executively produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And of course, Adam <laughs> McKay recently has been famous for The Big Short and Vice, but previously he worked with Will Ferrell on Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega right. Nights, um, all those dumb movies that we're comparing it to. Right. So like, I feel like whatever influence they might have had, I think definitely shows through in yeah. the sense that, like, I don't think the writing's that good, no. I think the, the friendship between the two characters feels forced and feels like they have good chemistry, but any actual plot you try to draw from that isn't very believable. Yeah, it's not really about their relationship. There are so many characters that are all good. There are so many characters that it feels like, I don't know, maybe thinking now, this, this, this might have been, like, about a series... If it was like a community style, like like the TV show Community, if yeah, it was yeah. like a, a, a feature, it was like a series long run about this school that might have been good to give all these characters different time. But as it was, I feel like a lot of the jokes were like, look at this flamboyant gay guy. Isn't he funny and flamboyant? Wouldn't it be crazy if a gay guy was this flamboyant? Yes, and, then and it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's yeah. unfortunate. It's, it's all that. I liked his, ca- I liked both of the, the effeminate. I suppose male characters yeah. in this movie. I think they are a couple, but whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not clear. Which is another thing where it's like, yeah, cool, fine. It's not clear. Like we didn't need to have a resolution. To like, are they gay? Yeah, what, together. Whatever. Do I, they do gay <laughs> things together? <laughs> My understanding but, was, and that's not what you're saying. Yeah, whatever, but, yeah. but yes, it certainly did fall back on some tropes. Yeah. Uh, that's what not, I mean. Like, <sighs> not just in the characterization, but in the storyline as well. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of these American comedy movies. And I lump that in because I feel like that's often who's the most guilty of it. Yes. It's like they yeah. uh, they set up a, a wacky situation and there's no real joke other than isn't this crazy? Yeah. So like the rich kid, he like has a party boat with all these people and it's like, isn't this, wouldn't it be crazy if it was that crazy a party? Yeah. And you know, the flamboyant, Dudes from drama, like oh, look how flamboyant, look be able, look how flamboyant they are. You've never yeah. seen anything this flamboyant, have you? 
and then like that's, I think overwritten is is the number well, there's one. There's no joke. Is the number one term that I've come up with to to describe this movie because there are points where it it doesn't it ceases to function because it's maxed out on whatever it's trying to do and then it goes further than that. So in like in the writing of like yeah, so that party that he has like that joke made itself. Five minutes before it stopped in the running time. Yeah, right? and the part they kept going to different rooms on this this, this party boat with different crazy and dumb like, party again, stuff. Again, he spent shitloads of money and no one showed up. Like, yeah, yeah okay, fine. You're but what, what about if he spent money times. on this and no one showed up? Right. And then, oh, fuck, man. Like, and I it's not bad while you're watching it, but it doesn't. It's not advancing the plot at all, and it's also not worth spending the time on it yeah. that it is. I, so yeah, I agree. One thing that I was going to touch on quickly is that I do think that. Uh, in terms of the editing and the directing, I think it was probably really good. I think at no point uh, was I at no point was the editing jarring, and there were a couple of times where I thought it added to the comedic timing a fair bit. Yeah. So props to the editor, whoever the fuck that is. Not naming them because editors never deserve to be named. <laughs> um, but as Olivia Wilde's like breakout debut, I mean, uh, it this wasn't quite as stand out as something like Quiet Place. I hate to compare it to a, 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 a white dude. Yeah. But, um, or like, I hate to compare it to a dude who's done something better, but I don't have a yardstick of like breakout female directing role. I don't know. This, this felt like this. such a nothing movie to me that I was like, well, what, what has Olivia Wilde got to do with that? Well, Maybe d- with a bit more research. It felt like excellent training wheels for her where she just to. was handed a project and they said like, yeah, yeah this isn't... This feels like a really good first time, you know. I, I, I don't think it felt. It to me, it. You know how like you forget the like the Fast and the Furious Six has a director. Yeah. To me, it was like that. To me, it'd be like you know, oh, Scarlett Johansson directs Fast and the Furious Seven, and right. you're like, fine. What do you What do you mean she directed it? Whatever. Uh, or like you know. Yeah. D- so in the same way as if the editing is perfect, you sort of never notice it. Or n- not if the editing is perfect, because if the editing is really perfect, you do notice it, but in a good way. It's just very rare. I was looking for like a cool coming-of-age indie drama, because I've been on a real chain of those recently, yeah. and I feel like what I got was a dumb popcorn movie that was just fine at what it was doing. Yeah. And, I don't know, j- just a collection of sketches that were wouldn't have even had to have been connected. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm honest, I think that I kind of mostly hated this movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it. Every comedy has moments where I'm going to laugh at it. Mm. So I feel like the fact that I laughed at you know, maybe half the gags, fine. Right. I think this is a good movie to watch on an airplane. It's a good movie to watch on Netflix if you're not really going to be watching the movie. Yeah. But the fact that I went and paid $20 to go and sit down in a cinema with three friends and watch this movie. Not worth it. No way, I think. Okay, I will say, if I think if you've got almost any other movie to go and see, go and see it. But in favor of seeing this or not seeing a movie, I think this is worth it. I think if you're, if, what, you, if, if you're if, in the if mood... If my choice is a black void or, <laughs> or this Well, movie. if you're in the mood to see a movie, this one's not going to be a negative experience. I, I, w- I definitely no, right. didn't hate it in the same way. I would never use the word hate. I suppose it was, a net, I suppose it was a net positive. Maybe I was just right. resentful of the fact that but you wanted something very different. It felt lazy and... Yes. Yeah, no. I also wanted something very different. Um, yeah, and I expected something like 8th Grade. And 8th yeah. Grade is a vastly, vastly better movie. Well, they're completely different, though. I think that, that would they're be... They're going a, for extremely yeah. different things. Uh, yeah, and no, I don't know. I think that this is definitely... The, it's closest to Superbad. And I think, in my opinion, Superbad, I enjoyed a lot more than this. Yeah, so if you want an updated 
sort of more woke super bad with female protagonists. This is a movie. But for I think you. it's literally just that it shares a similar plot. I think that this is poorly written. I think that right. the fact that it has good representation is brilliant. But I think that overall, like I think that the poor writing of all the ca- all the writers, all the characters feel kind of enjoyable in in isolation. But when they're all meshed together and they only each get like right. five minutes of screen time, it just feels like they're cookie cutter fucking characters. I think I literally just want to watch a movie about Amy, Jared, and Gigi. And yeah. Every other character yeah. in this film can just get fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I'll sum that up. Yes, those were the three likable characters. Yeah. That was what I enjoyed about this film. I enjoyed enough about it to watch them. It feels like you just wrote the spectacular now or something. Every <laughs> every other moment in this film was between fine and painful. Yeah. So like, if that like, there's even a fucking puking scene where oh, a character yeah, pukes sucked, man. out of for no context, fucking come on, out of nowhere, and the joke is just, oh, it's a it's a dramatic moment, and she's puking, and it could have like it it absolutely could have that that's like the most Will Ferrell Will Ferrell shit. Like it yeah. feel that was a really wonderful scene until it got ruined, and then it got ruined, and you're like, okay, well, shit happens sometimes, and then they ruin the ruining, and then they ruin the ruining of the ruining, and it's like. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, think I get it. <laughs> I think we just found our episode title. <laughs> Ru- ruin the ruining of the ruining. Good shit. But yeah, so I, I agree, and and that was exactly the same. Like where if you if they'd backed off at points and just kind of left it and been a yeah. little more understated, this would yeah. have been a better movie. But they didn't. It was very over the top, very oh. blatant. Yeah. Booksmart, I think it's not worth your time. Andrew, it sounds like got a bit more out of it. Eh. If you got a comedy and it's you want big old. Eh. Okay, I I think if you want to put on a dumb comedy. This is a couple steps ahead of like Step Brothers. I think this yeah. is this is it sits in between better than Step Brothers, worse than Super Bad. I think is my unfortunately than, yes. I would right. I would I would have loved for it to be better than right. But yeah, the first time we've got a good better than worse than in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've had a bunch of weird ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a cinema film that we thought might be interesting as a new release. Yep. We've got a couple new releases coming up very soon that we're going to cover. Um, we might do a spoiler episode soon of Stranger Things, perhaps. So sure. if you want a bit of time to catch up on Stranger Things Season 3, maybe get on that. Uh, I've just got to start telling my partner, like, fucking watch these without me. <laughs> yeah. Just we'll, we'll both watch them independently. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yes. about it later, whatever. Yeah. You can listen to my podcast about it. We're definitely going to be watching Ari Aster's new film, Midsommar, and we're going to do the Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They yeah. both come out at the beginning of August. So we've got plenty to keep us busy. If you've got any suggestions for stuff, once it quiets down a bit, we'll gladly do a listener suggestion. Last week we did Prospect, and I think it was very good. Yeah. Um, our email address is beefstationpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, which we're terrible at updating, uh, but you can keep, <laughs> keep up to date anyway. Tell your friends and like us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash beefstationpod. Yep. Tell your friends all about this little pod we're proud of and we think it's a fun listen. Yep. Spread the word. Yeah. Don't let us be a dirty little secret. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another week. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. See you later. Hey boy, what you say, boy? You trying to play court like a game boy? Hit my phone, boy. Is your home, boy? Are you a lone boy? Come give me dome, boy. Got a boy with degrees, a boy in the streets, a boy on his knees. He a man in the sheets. Sheesh, it's all Greek to me. Got this boy speaking Spanish. I hit my beard. Baby, I don't need you. I just want to freak you.